Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we continue learning Perkiavot, the ethics of the fathers, with, with uh, chapter 3, Mishnah 4, in which Rabbi Shimon says, if three have eaten at the same table and have not spoken words of Torah, uh, words of Torah there, it is as if they have eaten of offerings to the dead idols, as it is said, for all tables are full of vomit and filth, without the omnipresent. But if three have eaten at the same table and have spoken words of Torah there, it is as if they have eaten for the table of the omnipresent, as it is said, and he said to me, this is the table that is before Hashem. So what does it mean that if three have eaten at the same table, what is Rabbi Shimon saying here, that if we don't eat uh, saying words of Torah, we're like uh, eating filth and vomit, it sounds horrible, uh, it's, it's very degrading. So what uh, Rabbi, Rabbi Abraham Twersky explains to us in his book of Visions of the Fathers is that the Jewish nation is classified in three groups, the Kohanim, the Levim, and the Israelites. The Israelites comprise all those tribes that uh, are lost, that we have, we, we really, after the destruction of the temples and the Jewish people went into exile, we don't know who comes from the tribe of, of Yehuda, we don't know who comes from the tribe of Benjamin, of uh, the tribe of, of, of uh, Isahar, Sebulum, so we don't know who, to which tribe we belong, only we can know who are Levim and who are Kohen. So anybody that's from the other tribes is considered an Israelite. So here it's telling us that in the times of the temple, the Kohanim and the Levites used to receive a tithe from the, from the other tribes. So for example, if a person had an orchard of um, apples, and he, and he uh, grew apples, he had to take a percentage of what he uh, made and he had to give it to the Kohanim and another percentage he had to give to the, to the Levim. So he could not eat from this Terumah, the Israelites could not sit with them and eat from this Terumah because it didn't belong to them. So the Kohanim and the Levim and the Israelites never sat together to eat. But what happens uh, also that is beautiful is that while the Israelites gave this terumah to the Kohanim and the Levim, their own um, crops also were sanctified by giving the tithes to the Kohanim and the Levim. So uh, what happens is that after the destructions of the temples, we don't have this terumah, we don't have this tithe. People don't grow uh, vegetables and have to take to a Kohanim or to the Levim. We don't do this anymore. So today, people can sit together and eat together. So what Rabbi Abraham Twersky is telling us here is that if people sit together and they don't share words of Torah, then they're not being able to elevate the food. They're not being able to sanctify it. And just as one's table can become an altar, it, uh, so can one's home become a sanctuary. So uh, food is something very spiritual, and we have to take it as something very spiritual because really, Food is what uh, gives the nutrients to the body, but not only to the body, also to the soul, because depending how you eat it, it has an effect on your neshama too. So the altar of Slobodka cited the Midrash that relates that Rabbi Yohanan would never enter his home without first knocking on the door. He had this custom because the Torah informs us all 
that the high priest had bells on his vestments so that the sound would announce his entry into the sanctuary. So the, the Kohen Gadol, he used to have these little bells uh, in his robe that used to hang. So when he was approaching a place, people knew he was coming. And how did Rabbi Yohanan derive the practice of announcing his entry into his home from the high priest's entry into the sanctuary as the altar? It must be because every Jewish home should be considered like a sanctuary. Today, every home is a microcosm of the, of the holy temple. So a place that is totally dedicated to serving God. So that's why he used to knock on the door before entering his home. It was like to announce that he was coming and use the proper respect to the temple, so to his home. So and, and then the Mishnah says, and have not spoken words of Torah there. It is as if they have eaten of offerings to the dead idols. And Hasidic writings raise the question in as much as the food we eat provide only physical nutrients, where does then the Shamagit get, get its nutrients? Where does the soul get uh, the nutrients? And they answer that in every physical object, there is a spark, a nucleus, or kedusha, it's called, and godliness which enables the object to exist. So in the Tanya, the Alter Rebbe says that it's, um, it's a, it comes from klipanoga, which means that it's something that it can be holy or it can be unholy, like a glass of water. It depends if you, if you say the right braha when you're going to drink water, then you're elevating the sparks of the water. But if you don't say a blessing and you don't have the right intention when you're drinking the water, then it becomes like dead idols, like you're, you're, you're offering to dead idols because you're not, being, you're not elevating the water. So that uh, water has the potential to be very holy or it has the potential to be very unholy. So uh, he says here that the nucleus of divinity that is within the food is the nutrition of the neshama. <clears throat> so just as a physical digestion is dependent on the presence of certain enzymes that convert the food into the body's necessary building blocks, you know, when you eat, all these nutritionists today, they tell you how important it is to look at the nutrients in the packages, look at the, uh, uh, the fiber content, at uh, the calcium content, at uh, the iron, at uh, the vitamins that everything you eat should have. Like a healthy person that eats healthy is always looking at these nutrients and is trying to avoid sugar and carbohydrates and all this is because this is what really uh, gives nutrients to the body. If we eat crap, like we eat only sugars and carbs and, and fat, then we're feeding our body all these things, then it's not good for the body. It's not going to give it the necessary building blocks to be able to uh, fulfill in its potential. So here it says that uh, just as there is uh, building blocks of absorption to the, to the body, to the body uh, with the enzymes, there's also kedusha in the food. There's like this contained spark of godliness that is in the food. And the only way that you can release that godliness is when you eat with intention, thanking God for the food he's giving you. So when you say a blessing before eating, you are releasing that uh, spiritual enzyme that's going to nourish your, your soul. And when they say you are what you eat, it's true. If you eat with no intention and you eat crappy food, 
That's what you're made of. That's really because the body reproduces itself from the nutrients, like your skin, your eyes, everything is reproducing constantly, constantly, constantly. It comes from the food you eat. So if one eats without reciting the appropriate brahas, the appropriate blessings, or sharing words of Torah, which is what elevates the food, the body indeed absorbs the minerals, proteins, fats, and carbohydrates, which give it life. So you're going to have energy uh, because you're going to be eating what feeds your body, but what feeds your soul is going to be, um, it's not going to be there. You're not going to be able to feed your soul. So your soul is not going to be uh, living up to its potential and the neshama does not get its life-sustaining nutrition. And um, the food, we, the way we eat really rectifies the sin of uh, the first sin that ever existed in humanity, which was the sin of Adam and Eve, when they ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So when they ate from that tree, really was not the problem was the fruit. That was not the problem, what they ate. The problem was the intention in which they ate that fruit. And, um, and that was the sin. It was not what they ate, it was how they ate it. And the, the intention was what brought them down because they didn't eat it in a holy way. They ate it in a very unholy way. So the way of eating in this world really is a, is a way of rectifying the sin of Adam and Eve. And that's why Jewish uh, religion gives so much emphasis to food. It's so important in our lives. We eat for every reason. It's Shabbat, it's the food. It's Yom Tov, it's the food. Someone dies, it's the food. There's a Brit Milah, there's food. For everything, there's food. But we have to eat it in a way that it's, it's uh, uh, being elevated and, be, and we're extracting the godly sparks of that food. In that way, we're able to elevate the whole world because we're elevating not only the food, and their source of where that food comes from, but we're elevating ourselves too. So we have already noted that everything a person does, even the most mundane acts can be directed towards the service of Hashem. Eating in a manner that nourishes the soul is indeed fulfilling the divine wish. And not only that, Hasidut teaches that retrieving the sparks of godliness in the food that are, that are dispersed within the physical world has tens the ultimate redemption of Israel. So I want to wish you a good week. Uh, Shavua Tov. It should be a week full of love and blessings. Remember when you eat to do it in the right way. Say a little something of Torah. Even if you say um, thank you God for this food. If you don't know the blessings, say thank you Hashem for giving us this food, for nourishing us. That's, that's Torah too. That's a way in which we're acknowledging where everything comes from. So remember, live a little higher. Thank you. 